So good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. Welcome back to another episode where you get charged up for success. I'm Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. So often we get wrapped up in our day-to-day lives that we forget about the life that really matters, our own. My guest today is a dear personal friend of mine that reflects the epitome of living life on your own terms. As long as I have known Nick, he has had the innate ability to tap into my innermost secret desires and fears without even asking. It's impressive and scary and just forces me to ask, am I that transparent or What kind of witchery does he possess to be able to read my mind? In all seriousness, though, our deepest desires are reflected in how we react to what is happening around us every day. The first time I ever sat down with Nick was at a conference we both attended about five to six years ago. The connection was instantaneous. And I immediately felt a draw to his process of getting to the root of what was holding me back from greatness. Now, I must explain that I didn't even realize I was being held back at the time. He was able to delve deep and get me to explore my inner truths. From there, we have been able to explore how to bring his unique talents to the business community and leaders. Introducing his weekly group coaching program, Advanced Personal Development for Entrepreneurs. Let's please all give a heartfelt welcome to Mr. Nick Berard. Morning, Nick. Awesome. Thank you so much. Dan, it's a privilege to be here. That was a heck of an introduction. And uh, as usual, I'm looking forward to our unscripted exploration into self-development. So good morning and thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. I'm glad to have you here. We've been trying to get you on for a while. So so before we get started delving into our discussion, can you please let our audience know a little bit about you and how you got involved in the area of personal growth coaching and what you do? Sure. I'll be glad to, and I am now just shy of four decades uh, in this field, so I'll give you some, and whatever else that you want to know, please feel free to ask. Uh, But uh, about, oh, 40 years ago, after multiple approaches and therapies and books and tapes, I started personal development programs, and Dana, that was really the key for me because the books and tapes and therapy really didn't do very much, but the personal development programs did. And I finally started to get happy. And that was for the first time in my life. You know, I was somewhere around 18 or so at the time. And uh, I just immersed myself in personal development. And lo and behold, I discovered after a short amount of time that I actually had a gift. And my gift, some of them you said in the introduction, but uh, I have multiple gifts in the area of self-development. And I found myself, I wasn't trying to start a business. 
I was just helping people that were in the seminars that we, you know, that I was in. And shortly I found that I was producing better results than the seminars. And, you know, then I got the business idea. So I had a friend that was uh, a therapist and who was actually high enough up in the community that he was one of the therapists on call for some of the more intense workshops. And so I shared with him what I was doing. And I said, you know, is this even, is this even psychologically sound? Because I'm just a, you know, a young kid at the time. And uh, he ended up having his whole staff go through what was then a one-day program. And they got so much out of it, uh, they asked me to come work out of their clinic. And even though all of their therapists were in, you know, used different modalities, they all wanted to, they took the workshop and they all wanted me to train them. So my first paying gig was training a, a team of therapists who how to see clients in a way that produced transformational results. And now here we are almost four decades later. Wow. Wow. You know, I didn't even know some of that. So that's pretty cool. So when when we're talking, you know, we, we, you're constantly referring to that inner voice. Okay. What do you mean when you talk about the inner voice? Well, there's several kinds of inner voices. So I think the one that you're referring to is a real quiet in the background inner voice that is looking for something better that, you know, has some life that's set up and some amount of struggles and some amount of successes but you just know that life's got to have something more to offer. And I found that true for myself when I was a, you know, younger and I was becoming depressed. And even once I had some level of functionality, it just had to be more than, you know, go to school, get a degree, get a job, get a, you know, get married, get a, there just had to be something more. And I paid attention a bit to that. And that's where self-development, again, helped me because I immersed myself in not only the beginning seminars, but uh, I've been ongoingly, besides designing and delivering, uh, I've been ongoingly participating as a participant in other people's programs. And that is what I have found to be what has been the answer to that inner voice going, life has got to be, there's got to be something more. Okay. Well, you go on to explain about uh, being true to yourself. And I know in our weekly um, sessions that we talk about, we talk about the male and feminine, uh, the male and feminine energy. Okay. And, um, you know, addressing how we respond to what happens uh, in our environment, out external of ourselves, okay? Can you talk a little bit more about that and being true to ourselves? Well, you just gave me about three hours of conversation to have, but let me try to boil some of this down to what I think you're asking about. You know, in my exploration and in my discovery, you know, it, taking other people's programs, there's a lot of similar data out there um, and there's a lot of overlap. But one of the things that I discovered that was essential, as you know, my brand is now the Soul Whisper. And there's a way that I've noticed that people's souls evolve. 
And it's not that I think it's that way, and it's not that I'm sure that it's that way, but you know, after working with people for a long time, it seems to be the case that the first thing that people are looking for is how do I get functional? So some people have procrastination issues, self-esteem issues, not good enough issues, you know, whatever that is that's holding them back from being fully self-expressed. And then after that, they want to work on their relationships. And that's where a lot of people are these days. And relationships we can talk about as a separate issue because that's a very interesting, really cool, one of my favorite topics in the whole wide world. Uh, because I think that inside the structure of the relationship, there are so many possible gems and so many ways to grow. And you asked about one of them, the masculine energy and the feminine energy. And again, there's a lot of material on the internet and there's some people that conflict with each other and there's some people that have similar data. Um, but here, here's what I have found at the end of the day. The uh, masculine side, and by the way, everybody's got a masculine side and everybody's got a feminine side. So there are some men that have more feminine energy than most, and there are some women that have more masculine energy than most. And so it's not about gender. It's about what is your default way of being. And so a, a, a masculine default way of being is geared toward producing results. So I was actually thinking about this this morning. They have a purpose. They want to provide. They have a plan. And they want to execute moving towards something. So, and then the and then the feminine side is more about relationship and more about connection and more about nurturing. And what I have found, and it took me several years to do this, to find this discovery, and then it takes people a little while in their own self-development to realize how critical both of those are. Because at the end of the day, it's really hard to have a full result if you don't have anybody to share it with. And at the end of the day, when you're fully connected and the relationship is fully nurtured and you're, uh, yeah, I guess I can't say it any better, fully connected that with that person, it's not going to, it's not going to, it'll be more fruitful if you have some way to offer that love or that connection or that energy into the world. And so that there's the result side. And so my, my exploration has led me to, in order to be truly happy, in order to be truly functional, and, and that now we're talking about bank accounts and we're talking about lifestyle and whatever it is, you know, however one defines their own success, is that they have to honor equally the masculine side of the result and the feminine side of the relationship. And I think that's what you're looking for, and I can elaborate on any aspects that you would like. No, that was that was an excellent ex explanation there. You know, um, every time we talk, I become more and more clear on the the female, the, the feminine, and the masculine side of things. Um, but let's talk a little bit about how that plays into uh, business and our relationships with our clients. With our with our employees, et cetera. Okay, so naturally, well, let's take a look. Yeah, naturally in business, you know, the client side is is looking for results. 
okay? On the, on the business side, we are looking for a sale. Those are the masculine responses, right? Well, both of those things would be true, yes. Okay, but the approach that we on the business side might take to get that sale is where the relationship side comes in. You know, Dana, you hit the money on the, you hit the nail on the head. My dad was an avid golfer and he spent a lot of time golfing with some of the higher level executives in his industry. And he used to say to me that he gets more done on the golf course than he could do on the telephone. And I spent some time with him and those people. And I realized that, you know, on the first hole, it's just the normal kinds of conversation. By the ninth hole, you're having a beer or whatever it is that they're doing. And after the game's over, they're having some connection and dinner or lunch or cocktails or whatever it is that they're doing. And there's an, oh, by the way, will you send me some of those? And so why I bring that story up is first to honor my dad because he was a great guy and made a huge impact in my life. But the other side of it is this is where I began to learn about the relationship side of it. And each client that you have, some of them are going to be strictly results and they don't want to talk about anything personal. They want to get, they want the focus to be on what is the actionable criteria? What is your promise? And by when are you can produce it and goodbye. And you know, that's, that's great for those people. And it's really nice to know how to dance with those people uh, and engage with those people, whether you have the uh, default of a masculine side or the default of a relationship side. And then there are other people that um, are a little bit on the other side of the extreme is they're, they, uh, how can we say this? It's, you know, hi, how you doing? How's the wife? How's the, oh, by the way, how did that birthday cake come along? And how's your mother doing? And they want to have a lot of dialogue or connection and nurture things. And hey, we should go to the ball game and maybe we could catch lunch next week, my dad, and maybe we could do golf. You know, and so there's a, and we're, we haven't even, you know, I'm as the masculine side wanting the sale, wanting the result. I've just invested 45 minutes, three different times, having social connection with the person. And yet if I move a little bit faster, sometimes the feelings of something like invalidation or not caring will occur. And some of the common kinds of verbiage is that person just wants to sale and they don't care about me. And so it's really, you know, and there's a lot of personality profiles out there, Myers-Briggs, and uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones that have different quadrants of how they're measuring certain things, but a lot of those things end up being some kind of thought process versus some kind of emotional process to determine personality profiles, and they all have some level of validity. And I've actually been trained in some of those offerings. But what I have found is it's really, really simple. And and you're applying this to business, but you can also apply it to relationships because anytime there's any kind of conflict, it seems to be the case that one person is wanting a result and one person is wanting a relationship and they're both not aware of it and they're both not getting it. And one of the examples, Dana, you might have heard before is like when a couple fights about the toothpaste cap. The masculine side, which could be the woman or the guy, will say, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years 
don't you think by now you could learn to put the damn toothpaste cap back on after you're done brushing your teeth? And so that's indicative of a person who wants results and who has a plan for order and, uh, you know, is interested in, in the strategy of producing that. And what the feminine side says, which could be the man, says, there you go, talking to me like that again, get out of my bathroom, I'm not talking to you. And so that person is the feminine side and, and feels the connection isn't stable enough and is actually wanting that level of nurturing and connection. And so they're gonna fight about the toothpaste cap for perhaps another decade. And so for me, it's really a nice, simple, easy way to start because it's fairly easy to tell. You don't have to look at different Myers-Briggs or different personality profiles or any of those kinds of things. It's very simple. Is that person wanting a result right now or are they more interested in the connection? So how do you how do you identify that when you're in the middle of you know uh, interacting with these individuals? How do you know what they're going to respond to? Well, I, I think maybe one would need some practice, and I would need some real uh, you know real life examples. But to me, it seems like it's pretty simple. When there's something going on, and, and, and by the way, it's a moment-to-moment -moment thing. Even though the person might possess large quantities and be mostly masculine or mostly feminine, meaning their focus is on results or their focus is on the relationship, any moment can change anything. So in that moment, when things stop flowing, that moment will show you what is that person looking for. So if the person stops and pouts and sits down, I'm going to guess that's more likely to be something go on, going on in a relationship. If the person's yelling at you, why didn't you blah, 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 it might indicate the person's wants a result. So I'm not sure that I can answer that in some structural way. Uh, to me, it seems like the moment, and if you have an example of some moment you want to look at, we can, but it seems to me like if you take that moment when things stop flowing, it would be relatively obvious whether the person wants to relate, you know, a connection, the connection issue or a result issue. Well, you know, let's, let's take an example, okay, within the business environment, all right, and um, Let's let's say that uh, I'll I'll take an example of of me when I was uh, in one of the companies and actually a couple of the companies. You know, I'm one of these driven people. I am more results oriented when I'm in a position where I have to deliver. Okay, and so I strategically place myself or or, or move myself or direct myself to making sure I, I meet what my deliverable goals are. Well, a lot of times what happens is by doing that, I may offend other, say, female employees or uh, colleagues that are working around me. This has we, happened to times. Well, we can, we, can stop, we can stop right there because you've just answered the question with that feeling of offense. You know, I would find out what they're offended about, but I'm going to guess you know, and they're either, I mean, it's possible they're offended about some level of result, but to me, it's likely the offendedness occurred in the feminine energy. And if you ask them something like, you know, 
seems to me like you might be offended and I just want to check that out with you with a level of authenticity and exploration and just kind of trying to be on their side <clears throat> because the person does want to be known, the person does want to be seen, the person does want to be witnessed. And so if you're sensing the feeling of offended, if you say to them, you know, I have a sense that you might be offended and I just want to check this out with you, they're going to tell you, well, you said you would have this here by Friday and it's now Sunday. Or they might say, you know, all we do is talk about business and, you know, you never, you don't seem to care about what's going on for me. So the answer to that question would, I think, indicate what, what's missing for that person. Yeah, it could also be that they, um, they fear for their job. No, and, and so that, that would be a result side, but now it's a result about something different than what you're doing. And, you know, this is a little bit on a that gets a little bit more complicated for people that are just being exposed to this for the first time. But the result for them has shifted from producing properly for the company and engaging with you in the moment they have some, let's just call it distraction going on and they have some concern about their job. And so uh, if, if you nurtured that relationship with the feminine side and said, well, tell me more, what's really going on there? And the person got to vent and be witnessed on really what's going on for there. And if you happen to bring a fresh pair of ears with you and listen like authentically and listen like really what the heck is going on here, that person might have an experience of being gotten, is what I say, or witnessed, or heard, or understood in a way that A, frees them up so that they can momentarily come back and do business. And it's possible if you listen fully and the person totally gets gotten, it will provide for them an opening for them to see what really needs to be happening with them in their business and their job. Hmm. So, <laughs> no, it's it's definitely a lot to consider in the relationships when it comes to business, not only personally, but between employee and boss or leader. OK, yeah. and the the um, the leader and say the client or anything like that. There's a lot to be considered there, because when we talk about. The, the lack of communication or the exchange not being fully understood. You know, this is where, you know, this is where we, we often fall on our sword when it comes to business. You know, we're, we're falling short of what we should be doing or what could expand our business is when we don't take into consideration um, our, our way of communicating. Well, you know, Dana, you've hit the nail on the head again, because those two examples of not communicating and not being understood are viewed through the listening or viewed through the ears or viewed through the experience of either a result focus or a relationship focus. And so if we go back to the toothpaste cap example, both people would say, she's not, he's not communicating with me. 
because the result person said, why can't you put the toothpaste cap on? And there is no conversation about the toothpaste cap. So my experience, if I'm the masculine, if I'm the result side there, my experience is that person won't, it is a communication issue and they won't communicate with me about what the heck is going on. Why is it such a big problem? I asked a very specific question and they won't communicate with me. And then the, the other person says, that person won't communicate with me because I've been saying for 20 years they're treating me badly and they're treating me like a jerk and they will, all he wants to do is talk about the toothpaste cap. So both of them will say the other person isn't communicating about the part I want and right. they both will say I'm not under, and they both will say I'm not as understood about the part I want. So they both will say and they both will accuse the other person of not communicating and they will both feel not understood in the domain of the listening of either the result side or in the domain of the listening for the relationship side. Yes. <laughs> no, I definitely, um, I've noticed that since we've been working together, you know. Um, so when we have life-changing experiences, okay, how would you, as a, um, a, as a personal coach, okay, how would you help someone who, uh, say, for instance, with me going through my accident down in Brazil, okay, how would you approach my insecurities and my, um, I don't want to say, how would you, because it, it really would be me, but Let's talk a little bit about the process of going through this. Okay. So one of the things that uh, you acknowledged in me in the beginning of our program today is the way that I be with people. And uh, I, there is not a way that I would do that because there are multiple ways to heal and integrate and digest unresolved emotional baggage. And you can do that with love energy. You can do that with sexual energy. You can do that with emotional energy, which is what I do professionally, or you can do that with truth energy. And so all those will work. And then there's also something that I've been engaging with in recently is how do you be with life and living in such a way that you take the way that you turned out in this moment with all of the dysfunctions that we might have, and how do you engage in a process of discovering authentic responses so that you can be empowered to navigate the situation that's currently occurring? So now in that domain, there's four or five different structures that uh, I have some competency in that will completely resolve not necessarily tomorrow. Some of those things, you know, do take a while and none of this personal growth stuff. So it's almost like reading the first book is kind of like a, it's kind of like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it puts you on a path. You can't stop. At least for me, once I read my first book, I was done. I was hooked in. So I'm sharing that because, you know, I haven't encountered anything. Certainly you can resolve certain things in an hour, but to 
change dramatically the perspective, the trajectory of your life. It's going to take a little bit of work because you have more than one place of emotional baggage, more than one place where your heart's closed, et cetera, et cetera. But now to go back to your question. So there's at least four models that I can work with somebody in. And then there's a lot of different ways to, once the model is chosen, and by the way, the person doesn't have to know all those models. I'll just know by talking with them kind of how they're leaning. So I have the ability to read come froms as one of the gifts that I have. So I'll be able to digest and offer a person something that seems to be palatable with the size of step that's appropriate for them. Some people want really big steps really fast. And they don't care about, you know, whatever discomfort might happen or the cost of it or whatever people have concerns about. And other people might be, you know, I've never met you. I'm not so sure about this. Let's take one step at a time. So I've been doing custom design approaches now for, I don't know, 20 years, maybe out of the 40. It took me uh, 20 years of delivering courses before I finally figured out how to custom design things properly for people so they didn't have to take a bunch of different things. And so how I would do that is I would be with the person and I would help them pick and make sure that we're on the right track with what strategy are we going to do. And then I would use pacing and make sure that we do it in a way that is financially available to them, emotionally available to them, energetically available to them. And that, you know, that, that hits them the right way that they go, yeah, let's do that. You know, it sounds like um, based on what we're talking about and what I've learned is uh, when you talk about uh, being true to yourself and your authentic responsibilities, those go hand in hand. If you don't understand your yourself, your true self, you can't respond authentically, right? Totally right. Right. And you're 100 percent oh, right. That, <laughs> yep, you're 100. You're 100 percent right that authenticity plays a really big role in this. And one of the dilemmas that we have with the word authenticity is most of us have heard that word. Most of us know that that's a good thing to do. Most of us think that we're doing that. Most of us think that we know what it really is. And in some of the exploration and research that I've done personally, is I was shocked when I found out how much inauthenticity I had. And there is a, there's one of the components that we deal with in the Being With Life and Living course that you're talking about is where is the self-deception? And self-deception is a really interesting thing because how can you know that you're deceiving yourself if you think you're not deceiving yourself? So there has to be an environment created, at least as far as I can tell. I mean, okay, you can do some work on uh, inauthenticity and you can let, you know, maybe list some places you're inauthentic and maybe we've done that once or twice or, you know, those kinds of things are really nice. But those things don't get really at the heart of where the self-deception lives and where the inauthenticity is now an assumed identity that one thinks is functional and that one thinks that's who they are. And so that's one of the things that being with life and living does and using some of the core elements like what we talked about, the, the result side and the nurturing side, that's where the discovery of some significant authenticities can occur that are, are the real life-changing results. 
the hair just went up on my arms. I think I might have said something useful. Yeah, no, no, that's that's very good, very good. So uh, we're coming up on the end of another episode of Charged Up Studio, and I know we can continue going on and on here, um, Nick. Uh, this is always a fascinating topic here, but can you tell um, our listeners how they can get a hold of you should they want to? Well, uh, I wish we would have talked about this prior because I'm not sure the best way, but uh, Dan, as far as I'm concerned, uh, anybody that's interested can come and visit our room that is occurring on Wednesdays, uh, totally free of charge, just to come and have like a little taste test and see what the world is like there. Or I believe that you have one of the websites that I use if somebody wants to and engage in any kind of conversation with me, uh, they can uh, uh, they can call the number that's on. And I really actually prefer the calls uh, yes. rather than the emails. And so uh, anybody that wants to engage can just give me a call would be great. Okay. And in response to uh, what Nick's talking about, he's got two websites. One is nickbarar, B-E-R-A-R.com. That's where you can get his contact information and his phone number. At the same time, if you're interested in joining us for the uh, Advanced Personal Development for Entrepreneurs program that runs every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, go to uh, the website, which is advancedpersonaldev.com. And there is a registration tab right there where you can get information and register for our uh, Wednesday program to come and visit. And just because sometimes it's hard to hear, it's it's like advanced personal development, but it's not the whole word development. It's D-E-V and not the whole word development. Right, exactly. So that concludes another episode of Charged Up Studio. Uh, If you are listening on any of the streaming uh, programs, please leave a review. Also, if uh, you're not listening there, you can go to our Facebook page for Charged Up Studio and leave a review there as well. Um, It's been a pleasure having Nick here with us. Thank you, Nick. Anna, you're very welcome. You know, I, I love doing this. I don't really spend a lot of time talking about the philosophy and the distinctions and the abstractions. I spend most of my time engaging. And I love this topic and I love doing it with you. And you ask the questions that are really, you know, for me, juicy and rich and get to the heart of the matter. And so I get to express a part of myself uh, here with you that I don't normally get to do in my life. So uh, really, thank you for the privilege of being here with you today. Well, we'll have to we'll have to do it some more because I know that my audience can use this this information um, to help them in the growth of their business. So. So that's it for this week. I look forward to talking to you once again next week. And until then. Everybody go out and have a charged up week. Talk to you later. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.